0: Trey Lyles, obviously, you know, I think he's coming back into his own after kind of starting the season off slow, coming back from that injury, uh, De'Aaron Fox, always doing what he does. So, you know, you kind of, you appreciate, you know, the depth that this team has when, you know, guys can just continue to step up and have good games.
1: We've said it from time to time, I guess, you know, when we are feeling ourselves, you know, they kind of tend to take the foot up the gas.
2: Can we talk our shit? Can we talk about how I would say 90% of the game, uh, I would say Keegan looked like the best forward on the floor? Welcome to the Sports Ethos Kingscast. It's daily, along with my co-pilot, Liz. What's going on? What's up, y'all? First quarter, Fox beautiful dime drop to a cutting quiz Duarte. HB hits two threes. Friendly reminder, no HB slander for the next 48 hours. Trey hits two threes in the first quarter. Domas was locked the hell in. Kings up by nine to end the quarter. Second quarter, Monk connects with Fox for three. Then Monk and JaVale go to Lob City for a gorgeous oop. Uncle Keeg sets a breakaway pull-up three. HB hits two threes. Kings up by 20 to end the half. Torino, some quick thoughts on the first half?
1: You know, real solid and smooth first half for the squad. Uh, Pretty much the brand of ball that we are accustomed to seeing at this point. Um, so no complaints, obviously, you know, they had a 20-point lead going into the half. So, you know, uh, especially, you know, going towards the end of the half, they went on a big run because uh, what was it? We were only up by, what, seven or so at the time, and then we went on a run to end the half, the end of 20. So that, you know, that tells the story in itself. So, um, yeah, a really smooth first half.
2: Yeah, and you, and you had the perfect tweet uh, on the first half, and you said everything is looking so fluid. And, and I totally agree. Uh, they looked locked in and they looked super determined to finally beat this team um, 100%. Third quarter, De'Aaron scores the first six points. Barnes and Duarte hit threes. Raptors drop a monster of 40 points. Kings up by 10 to end the quarter. Fourth quarter, Trey hits a three. Domas throws a dart to Malik Monk for an oop. Golden one explodes. Sabonis officially has another triple-double. What's new? Trey Lyles appears to have an ankle injury, which changed the Kings' defense significantly, in my opinion. Monk bangs in a three. Fox gets a tech. The lead is cut to three with a minute to go. Fox hits a clutch fadeaway in the key. Kings win. They finally beat the Raptors, who they haven't beaten since 2016. Elizabeth and Torino thoughts.
0: Yeah, I thought, um, you know, obviously allowing 40 points in a quarter uh, is never good, but I mean, that's just kind of who this Raptors team is. They're scrappy. Um, and we tend to, you know, have troubles against these teams that are, you know, have length in every, pretty much every position. Um, so they, they let them get back in this game when they kind of probably could have ended it by the fourth quarter, unfortunately, but, these types of teams are going to do that too. They're going to scrap back and, you know, claw their way back. Obviously with the free throw discrepancy as well, um, you know, that's how they were able to get back in the game. But I thought, uh, you know, the technical on De'Aaron, um, I get his frustration, but you also can't have that kind of stuff. You know, you have to kind of keep yourself composed, especially when it's a close game like that. Uh, but, you know, clutch player does what he does. I mean, he can hit that big shot, you know, he can hit those two big free throws and uh, they were able to, able to escape with win, and that's what matters most. But, Sabonis with another triple-double, that's um, so good. I mean, he just what he continues to do on a nightly basis. Um, Leek Monk, another big game. Trey Lyles obviously, you know, I think he's coming back into his own after kind of starting the season off slow, coming back from that injury. Uh, and Fox always doing what he does. So, you know, you kind of um, you appreciate, you know, the depth that this team has when, you know, guys can just continue to step up and have good games. I think Harrison Barnes obviously had another good game tonight as well, but um yeah, just too too close for comfort, but hey, wins a win.
1: Just wanted to double down on pretty much everything she said. She hit right on the head. Um, you know, second half obviously wasn't as fluid as the first was. Uh kind of got out of sorts, got a little sloppy, you know, spe- you know especially with the lead. Uh we've said it from time to time, I guess, you know, when we are feeling ourselves, you know, they kind of tend to take the foot off the gas and that's another uh, you know that's another thing that they need to kind of a trait that they have to kind of put behind them is, you know, getting too ahead of themselves, you know, because twenty point leads in the NBA isn't anything anymore. They're very much winnable. Uh, so you know they got out of sorts, got sloppy, started film themselves, you know. So um, you know they really had to uh, you know, buckle down and really play some some good basketball towards the end to. Uh, eventually get the dub and how fitting is it for Keegan Murray to end the game with the free throws after we all know why the Kings pulled out of that deal earlier is because they wanted him they've been they've been said that that's no secret and you know just overall man shout out to Keegan man i know you know with that whole Shams uh break uh breaking news earlier about us being strongly you know in contention for acquiring Pascal and You know, uh, obviously, you know, a few hours before game time, you know, the NBA where I was kind of watching and seeing what was going to happen for us to eventually pull out of the deal. And again, we all know why, you know, and and shout out to Monty for staying pat and not crumbling under the pressure of, you know, acquiring another star, you know, and not giving up his soon-to-be star in keegan And And we all know that that's what ended the conversation and uh i love that you know um you know so how fitting is it for keegan to have the game that he had the efficiency and to just end it at the line you know the way he did so it's just kind of a coincidence i don't know you know script you know whatever you want to call it this is you couldn't have painted it any better
2: and and Torino and Liz, can we talk our shit? Can we talk about how I would say 90% of the game, uh, I would say Keegan looked like the best forward on the floor. What do you guys think?
0: Well, not only that, but I mean, you have to think long-term, obviously. Um, and, you know, when it was announced that, you know, we were going to um, make Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, and Davion Mitchell available for trade. And then, you know, we were obviously in talks with, you know, the Raptors about Pascal Siakam. I mean, very quickly, then it was out, came out that, you know, that the, the talks were pretty much dead in tracks. Because, one, Monty's not going to mortgage his future. Because there's no point in mortgaging your future, especially if you're still winning. We're eight games above 500. we We're at the fifth seed in the West. There's no point to mortgage your future for a potential player that's a rental for a couple months. I mean, Siakam's a good player, don't get me wrong. But we have no guarantees that he's resigning in the offseason. So it's like, why would we give up a player that's only in his second year and already showing major signs of improvement in year two? Why would we give that up, especially the contract situation? I mean, it would just be dumb basketball business to do that. So obviously, you know, the Raptors wanted Murray, and they said, you know, Monty was like, nope, like pretty much hung up the phone, like we probably laughed at him, like you're funny, and that was that. So Murray is only going to get better. Every single game, and it's kind of showing the way he's you know, he can score, and now the way that he's rebounding at a high clip. I mean, another double double for him. So, we have to think of it long term like the timeline was blowing up, like go do whatever you got to do to get Siakam. But it's like to do that, you're gonna have to mortgage your future, and you you just can't do that in this situation. I get the Tyrese thing because we got a obviously a very, very, very good player in DeMonte is back, but we had him locked up, and then we obviously extended him. So he's in Sacramento for a while. That's understandable because you already had a guard in De'Aaron Fox. You already had that piece. So it's not like you're needing that piece, but to get a rental, no guarantees he's going to sign. It just, it makes no sense to mortgage that future. And we don't know, maybe Murray can be better than, you know, Siakam um, in a couple of years.
2: Well, fuck it. I'm just going to say it. Keegan Murray was the best forward on the floor tonight. Okay. Yes. A double, double, uh, had three more rebounds, shot four for four from three. I would say Toronto would need to give us a few first, and their star for Keegan Murray. And I'm just going to say it. I'm talking my shit. Um, also shout out and how fitting as it, as you said, it almost sounds like this was a script. How fitting was it that HB has an incredible game himself. He finishes with 16 points and went five for eight from three. And, and then also everyone's favorite person to hate on Chris Duarte also had himself a game who was a major key on defense. Again, you got to watch both sides of the floor. 10 points, two from three, from three. Amazing game. Uh we are going to open up the mics. Uh Torino, I know you wanted to say something. What's up?
1: Yeah, to answer your question about Keegan being the best forward on the floor tonight, yeah. he most definitely was on both ends. Um, you know, shout out to Pascal cuz you know, he he's a star and we all know that, but you know, like Liz said, thinking long term, that wouldn't have been the move to make. Like that is not the same thing as us yeah. trading uh Tyrese for Sabonis. That's that's quite the opposite actually. You know, so um he was definitely the best forward out there. Um, you know, and just the day that we've had, you know, with the whole uh Shefter or not shifter, I'm tripping, uh Jake Fisher uh, tweet going out about Herder, Barnes and Dave Young being available and then, you know, um the Hawks and the Pacers dropping out of past the Pascal sweepstakes and us being the only team strongly interested all the way up until the end of the buzzer. There's a reason why we are so high on Keegan Murray, and he most definitely was the best big, the best not best big, but the best forward out there tonight. You know, on both ends, and you know, I mean, I know Monty might have the whole Tyrese thing kind of in the back of his in the back of his head you know because he knows how the NBA world reacted to that and not to say he wouldn't do anything like that again if, unless it was to truthfully benefit the team but this case in particular it would benefit us but it would also be um, subtraction by addition I know the the famous words uh, addition by subtraction but it would be kind of the opposite of that as well with trading Keegan for Pascal, long-term-wise. So, yes, um, he was definitely the best uh, forward out there tonight. night.
2: Exactly. Uh, Liz, what's up before we get to David?
0: Yeah, I just, I mean, touching on the Harrison Barnes situation, it's funny, the timeline, I swear, anytime he does something bad, everyone on the timeline is quick to bash, quick to, you know, say their shit. But it's like, do we not forget that Harrison Barnes had a really efficient December. He was averaging like 15 points a game. Like that's what you kind of need from a guy that's in Harrison Barnes position. Because again, out there, I mean, now he's the fourth option with, you know, Kevin Herter moving to the bench, but with Kevin Herter on the floor, he's bumped to a fifth option on the, on that offense. So it's not like he's getting very many looks. And like Mike Brown said, they don't draw plays for him. So it's like the Harrison Barnes hate is like the weirdest thing to me because On a nightly basis, we're asking Harrison Barnes generally to guard either the best player or the second-best player on that team. And he was guarding Siakam probably most of the night tonight. So I just don't understand. He had a great night, efficient night. He had another great night on Wednesday against Orlando Magic and obviously hit that huge, you know, crazy one-foot bank, you know, shot three. Um, It's just so weird how we are so quick to kind of crap on Harrison Barnes. Um, But he's giving you on a nightly basis, exactly kind of what you're asking from your fifth option. So I just want to throw that out there
2: and shout out Keegan. Uh, I would say Keegan was guarding Siakam most of the night in, in Barnes too. And shout out to both of them for kind of taking Siakam out of the game. Uh, not totally Siakam still got his, but they did a hell of a job. So it's either of those two for DPOG, no doubt in my mind.
0: I did want to say, um, uh, the news broke yesterday. Um, that Ricky Rubio was retiring from basketball. Um so shout out to him for his career. I've always liked Ricky Rubio's game. Um and always remember guys, it's bigger than basketball. Um you know obviously he, you know, came out and made the you know statement that he was, you know, dealing with some mental health stuff. So just remember, you know, these guys have a job to do. We get it. You know, they're out there playing basketball. They get paid to play basketball. Um but also remember they're human too and they go through normal human things and, you know, daily struggles. So um just be kind, especially to everyone, you know, just because they're athletes doesn't mean they're any less of a person than, you know, your day-to-day average Joe. Um, So just shout out to Ricky Rubio for, you know, always being a constant professional, um, you know, and a fun watch in the league. And, you know, I hope he continues to, you know, work on his mental health and get better, but just remember, yeah, that it is bigger than basketball guys.
2: I'll never forget when I wouldn't even say King's Twitter. Yeah, there was a divide. Half of us wanted Tyreek, and then half of us wanted Ricky Rubio. And I was on the Tyreek side. Everybody else uh, wanted Ricky Rubio. And it's like nobody ever saw him play. They just saw his highlights on YouTube. So it was like, why are we pining for a guy that, that you've never even seen play? We've seen Tyreek play in college, but nobody ever saw Ricky Rubio play, except for you know his highlights where he was just throwing dimes to everybody. But he's had an amazing career, and somebody posted a graphic of all the teams that he went to and he would have his arm around uh, one of the young emerging stars of the league. So he's always not only been, you know, just a solid point guard who's transformed in his own game and and become, you know, a very good player, but he's also been a great mentor. Uh, There was a picture of ant with him and ant and also with him in uh, Darius Garland, just how he's always been a mentor uh, type of player to the rooks. So yeah, I thought that was amazing. But I'm glad you said that, Liz, for sure. And then I will say this if we don't get another star, then at least we need another six eight to six ten three and D defensive piece. And yeah, I know. The whole league needs a few of those types of players. But yeah, I think some defensive help at least uh would help us get further than we have in the playoffs if we can't get another star. Um and yeah, sure, if you want to mention Zach Levine, well, yeah, Zach Levine's ignitable. He could give you 30 uh, on a good night. Yeah, That's kind of true. But then, again, there are those defensive concerns about him.
3: Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. Like, they're, I, as currently constructed, I, I don't see them as contenders. But coming into the year, that wasn't my main concern. My main concern was growth and seeing the development seeing where Keegan was going to be, seeing where Davion was going to be. Usually when you're in these beginning stages of like, right, they just went over the hump last year, 16-year drought in the playoffs, exciting, exciting playoff series. That team rarely, three to four months, I mean, on a traditional trajectory, three to four or five years later when you're at, or whatever the peak is, uh, when you get that championship team, you're going to see a lot of moving pieces, right? Other than Fox, Sabonis, Monk, and Keegan, everybody else is interchangeable. I know people fall in love with players. I know especially, in, I know in SAC, especially like, you know, you hold on to these guys like Shump and uh, Isaiah Thomas. And do and I get that? I have players like that for me too. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's all about, what fits and who's gonna help you take to take to that next level. Right. So and sometimes players like Herter might not be a year here a year from now. Uh whoever, you know, whoever it is coming off the bench, uh those things are gonna have to change for them to get better. And I don't think they're gonna hit that home run this year, right? Like I don't Monty's not gonna budge off the core four He's only he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna make a reach for anything unless something falls in his lap where Pascal comes to him where he doesn't have to sacrifice a lot. He's gonna let it go. He's gonna play out with his team and see what happens and then address it in the off season, whether that's through free agency or another trade in the off season. But that's one thing we know about Monty is Monty's not gonna he's not gonna panic moving forward. he, he can't. Sack. We've talked about this before. Where Sack can only have one big move. After that, like even if you get Pascal now, right, and you kept the other three, you got Keegan, Monk, uh, the core four. You're you have to pay Monk at the end of this year. You're gonna have to pay Pascal at the end of this year, and one of those two is gonna would have to sacrifice some money. I don't think it's gonna be Pascal. I think he's looking for that payday. So then you got to go to Monk and ask him you know, maybe do the one-on-one where he signs it and you get his bird's rights. But at the end of the day, you're going to be paying a lot of money regardless across the board. So there's financial uh, repercussions to everything too. So it's just all like, right, there's people are going to be going losing their minds for the next, up until Monk resigns about that. Uh, everybody's, every, he's under a mic. Every time him and Mike get in an argument, all of a sudden it's the end of the world. Like all that good stuff. But at this point, like it for me, it's in Monty, we trust. Let's see what this team does. If there's moves to be made, don't make them. If not, it's not because of lack of trying. Um, and at the end of the season, it, we'll see what they do in the playoffs. And we got to take it from there, man. But let's not panic. Like I, I don't, I, I'm. you say it all the time, Through Daly is, you know, I'm not going to tell somebody how to fan, but. Let's not cut each other's throats at the same time, and let's not be uh, let's not be warrior spaces, right? Yeah, <laughs> never that's, that. That's hilarious every night. That's I, I, don't get me wrong. This is my favorite spaces for a reason. That's one of my favorite spaces for another reason. <laughs> so,
2: oh, yeah, it's, it's a car wreck, man. It's a car oh, crash for sure.
3: It is. Thanks uh, for letting me talk.
2: Yeah, and, and no doubt, and seriously, it's all about staying neutral. I, I say it. 10 times in every episode but yeah it's hard especially after um you know that roller coaster that uh jake l fisher and Shams put us through um it was crazy and then yeah and so the jake fisher came out article came out in the morning so that had us our minds wandering and then the shams uh a little tweet goes out and so we were just going crazy Uh, i have about five tweets about it uh i'm not gonna lie i was like all right i'm taking my old man nap and, and i'm pretty sure it's gonna happen when i'm sleeping i was kind of bitter about it i fell asleep anyways guys woke up and then i read that tweet like oh yeah you know those talks have stalled and i was like damn um but yeah thanks manny david what's up
4: hey guys yeah um i guess i'm in the minority opinion in the sense that i think the team's group as they are could go pretty further or like um, in a run. Like, I'm not sure all the way, obviously, but like, I just, I don't look at any other team in the West oh, We couldn't possibly beat them in a seven game series and things like that. I get where, you know, other people are from and that's fine. But I think that this team as currently constructed, I just, I look at how they played. I think, yeah, we can probably take kind of a much further run, especially than what we did last year. Um, when it comes to like moves though, I perfectly understand the idea of, Hey, you always want to improve the team. I don't think that you're going to see a big move. I've said that before that I don't think we're going to see a big move this, um, season just because there's not as much pressure for Monty to do it. And you kind of already have your core. So now it's just about like, who fits with that core? Like at the end of the day, it's like, okay, who fits with Fox, Sabonis and Keegan? Who's the guys that fit with that? And right now I think Monk's one of those guys that definitely fits. There's a few guys we have. If you guys, you might end up moving to get improvement on that end, um, but yeah, I, I think we'll probably go further because I just I don't look at the West and not see like teams that we could in theory beat, and we'll see. I might be right. I might be wrong. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, I'm not expecting like a big move, and I'm not too worried about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's fair, David. And not only that, I do think this team is is better than last year. Are we much better than last year? No, I don't think so. I think we are better than last year. Uh, The only problem is, for me, that that gives me, you know, keeps me neutral and I don't get too high is is because the damn Western Conference is so good. It's loaded. Like, I don't know who's going to be in the seventh spot, eighth spot, ninth spot, and so on. It's a shark tank. And there's going to be some really good teams that are going to be in the 11th spot and 12th spot that that aren't going to make the playoffs. And it's going to be crazy. Uh, I actually do think we're going to stay in the top six. I hope so. Knock on wood. Uh, but again, because these young teams have gotten so much better, yeah, it's a little scary out there for me. Yeah. Um, go ahead.
4: I was just going to add, but like, I think one area is like when it comes to these younger teams, right? One of the things is they haven't been on that kind of playoff stage, and like, OKC is a good example of this. I think OKC could get to like the second round. I very skeptical about them getting farther because I think that that you have to go through those lumps, right? um And then with a lot of the West in general, I just think of the West as like I agree with you that's kind of deep. I'm not sure it's much better than last year. I just think it's like deeper and weirder, and there's a lot more like question marks because there's been a lot of teams that have had some weird stuff happen. So we'll see. I might be right, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. That that healthy Clippers team scares me, and of course, again, uh, another big boss game. Litmus test game Sunday against the Pels who have owned us three times already. So, yeah, it's things like that 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 kind of, like, keep me at a neutral state when it comes uh, to how I feel about this team. But, yeah, 100%, David. Thank you so much. It
5: better not be Keegan who's leaving. I'll tell you that. I was talking to some idiot who was trying to tell me that, like, you can't get everything you want. You have to trade Keegan against Siakam. And I'm like, I agree on a rookie deal, dude. He, Keegan better not go anywhere. I,
2: there's there's really, a very good chance really that glad. Keegan is better than Siakam.
5: I, I kind of want to spit off this. This is where I wanted to go anyways. Because like we said, we were in on Siakam for two hours. Um, so it might, it's nagging me in the back of my mind, though, with this Siakam thing. is If you go look at his percentages, he's been shooting good the last few games from three. But across his career, there's a couple of seasons where he gets 35 34%. And right now he's shooting 28% from three. And what does this offense actually look like? What does he What is he providing to the way we do things that's like actually going to be the critical thing that changes it? Or are we going to just have two bigger guys who feel the need to get into the post? And is the ball I'm not going to like... I know Siakam's very athletic. He can shoot some. He's got a lot of skill. We saw that tonight in terms of cutting the hoop. I'm sure that'd be fun with Sabonis. I'm not saying, you know... Obviously, I said earlier, I was all the way in on it. But this question is here in my mind of like, well, how does he actually fit, and where does the space come from? Like, yeah, Barnes has been inconsistent, but, like, he's a career shooter, you know? Um, so maybe this idea, this excitement of new piece, maybe it's not Siakam, and it's good that we didn't get caught up in this all at once.
1: All right, well, to, to, uh, to answer your question about how he could help, um, obviously we already have two stars that, you know, uh, command respect, on the floor. So, you know, you add Pascal into that, and now that's three. That's a three-headed dragon um, coming at you. You know, rather teams want to play off of Fox, want to play off the bonus, want to play off him, somebody's going to be open. And Pascal is a good enough shooter where I believe he can knock. I, I think they were talking about it today on d on KC. I believe from a wide-open three, his percentage is around 37%. So close to forty percent when he's wide open. I'm not saying he's going to always be wide open, but you know that. Just to answer your question on that, not saying that you know they still need to try to go for that move, but he definitely would. Uh, you know, make an impact just because there's we already have two stars and he's a star himself. So you it's it's you can't guard all three.
2: Yeah, I think the idea is is just you want as many, not necessarily stars, but high end players. That could get you a bucket uh, when your other players are either stifled or having a bad night. Uh, just take a look at the Clippers and just all the weapons they have. So if Harden has bad games, he could focus on assists, and he could dish off to Kawhi or PG. And if they're both having good games, night-night, you're probably done So They're probably going to win to beat you. Uh, if Paul George has a bad night, then Kawhi is going to step up. Kawhi could actually load manage and take a night off because guess what they still have russell westbrook so it's, it's that type of thing just having interchangeable pieces and multiple skill sets that's why the elite teams can win you know what i mean and, and win heavily so that's why you want another star that could that is quote-unquote ignitable to quote uh coach Spo. The Miami Heat are uh, super lethal right now. Uh, They have a young, young rookie, UCLA legend, Jaime Jaquez, who scores from three levels. uh, And, yeah, he gets inserted in the uh, starting lineup when Jimmy Butler's out. And they're still winning. Um, So, yeah, you, you just want as much talent as you want on the floor
5: uh you're just making me think that I wish that all of the uh hype and accolades that Steve Kerr gets for Warriors basketball it should all go to Kosovo we should be doing everything the way Miami does it and no other way they are the best organization in the league with every I'm just thinking about Hawkins you you were ranting about Hawkins for multiple years of and you doing this UCLA <laughs> and he looks pretty nice and then sure enough he goes late round to Miami same with Jovich the year before and hero before that it's like they pick him up. You're like, this guy could be something. He looks kind of legal, but, you know, who knows what he really is. Oh, no, he's a superstar because so he plays for Coach Bell. They do it every time. Who was Haywood Highsmith two years ago? Who was he? Now he's an NBA player.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and then uh, guess what happens to any Miami Heat player that goes to the Lakers? Tell him, Bung.
5: Oh, uh, where's Gabe, guys? Where's our boy? I am I'm feel bad. But, uh, yeah, that's what happens when you, when you get off of the Miami Heat.
2: Yeah, so give Coach Spose flowers whenever you get a chance. I don't even think he's won Coach of the Year yet, which is a travesty. He is literally, to me, uh right up there with with Coach Pop. Uh he has a long tenure, he has multiple championships. Um, and every great coach that has won a ring, they've had their stars. So let's not say, oh, well, he had so and so. Yeah, every great coach has had great stars. But it's being a coach and being able to coach your stars. At a championship level, to get that actual ring, that puts you over the top. In in Coach Spo is it? So yeah, I'm so glad that this conversation went to Coach Spo randomly for some reason. I think that's incredible. Uh, yeah. I
4: want to interject real quick. Sorry,
2: go ahead.
3: Uh,
4: where Jordan goes? Uh, do you guys fear? Do you guys fear that Golden State might have the pieces to trade for Pascal?
2: No, uh, um, and, and right now they're they're kind of in disarray. Uh, the fact that And I don't know if if he's on the trading block now because I think he got more minutes tonight. But yeah, for a quick second, Kaminga and and Moody were on the trading block. And and I don't know if that still stands. So yeah. Yeah,
5: they barely beat
4: Detroit. Like, yeah, it wasn't really that great of a win. by
2: Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm not worried about them. I could care less about what they do, honestly.
0: I mean, I'm going to say this as respectfully as I possibly can. Um, I don't understand why people like waste their time and energy getting so mad about the all-star voting like when it first comes out because it's it's a popularity contest that's all it fucking is like I don't understand how people have not understood that by now like John Morant being ahead of fucking De'Aaron Fox like he's barely played this season like obviously that's a fucking popularity contest (laughs) Like it's like I don't even waste my energy I'm like if they get in they get in because one i get it like it's cool to have all stars but it's like i'd rather have fucking you know in a sense like our guys rest because i just feel like it's you know like more travel they gotta do they gotta do practicing whatever it's i mean it's fun practicing it's not like they're really doing shit but like i'd rather if it means in exchange for a fucking deep playoff run fuck the all-star game like the all-star game is shit now like it's not fun to watch. It's just them chucking up half-four shots, like, most of the time. So I don't really give a shit about the All-Star game. Like, it doesn't mean shit to me. And we do have to remember that Sabonis was an All-Star, I think, what, twice before he came to Sacramento? So, I mean, I feel like there's only a few select media members that shit on Sabonis, and we know who those media members are. So the coaches, they respect Sabonis's game, and a lot of media members that are probably going to have votes Respect Sabonis's game because if we remember, I'm pretty sure Sabonis was an all star and Fox was the reserve. So I just like wasting your time and energy getting this upset about an all star game. I'm not saying anyone specifically in this chat, I've just been seeing it all over the fucking timeline. Like it's a popularity contest, so like don't let it work you up, don't let it get you fucking excited because that's all it is. That's all it is in every major fucking sports. It's just the popular player, like James Harden. I feel like he's been playing better since he's went to LA, but he's obviously taken a step back in his game. And so it's like, he's just a big name, big kind of guy that you're always going to see in the all-star game pretty much every year until he fucking retires. So it's just like, don't let it work you up guys. It's just fucking silly shit.
2: Y'all are the best. We appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend. You basketball sickos. Thank you for coming out on a Friday night. No less. Good day. Good night. Light the beam.
1: Light the beam.